Our scripture reading this morning is from Joshua chapter 5, verses 13 through 15. Page 181 in your pew Bibles. Let us pray. Prepare our hearts, O God, to hear your word. Silence in us any voice but your own, so that we may hear your word. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. When Joshua was by Jericho, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or are you for our adversaries? And he said, No, but I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. The word of God for the people of God. We have this brief account of Joshua's strange encounter. And it does seem kind of weird. In fact, it kind of almost feels like an intrusion into the story, right? I mean, Joshua, he crosses, they make the memorial, let's go in and take Jericho. Um, but before, there's this strange appearance, just a, a couple of verses. And in many ways, we kind of ask ourselves, what does this mean? Before the story of going to um, take Jericho, uh, it, it does seem like, why, why have we paused? And yet, if we look at this, what we see is, without this encounter, the rest doesn't make any sense. The rest doesn't happen. And I think the fact that this is here, and we need to pause and go look and see what this is saying, is a reminder uh, for us of, of why we need um, this commander of the Lord's army, why we need to remember this uh, for what we do today. Uh, we're, we're suddenly told that Joshua is near Jericho. There's not a lot of background to that, just suddenly he's there, um, because what's important is he's looking up, and behold, a man standing with a drawn sword in his hand, not in his sheath, it's ready for action. And Joshua asks a pretty good question. <laughs> Essentially, are we about to fight or um, you going to be helping us out? He asks, are you ours or theirs? You with us or them? Are you fighting for us? Are you part of Jericho? And the answer is enigmatic but makes perfect sense. His answer is No. I'm above this. I am the commander of the army of the Lord. In other words, you're, you're, you're not controlling what God does. I'm, I'm not with you. I'm not with the enemy. I'm, I'm servant of God, and whoever, what God is doing is what's important. My, um, uh, I'm not for you to command. I'm not for you to um, enlist on your own um, agenda. I'm here to do God's will. I'm the commander of the Lord's army, superior to Joshua. And Joshua 
rightly falls on his faith and face and worships. And um, then he says, okay, so what do I do? And I love this because you're, you're almost expecting the commander to say, okay, here's what we do. Here, they, got, they got sentries posted around here, and here's the weak part of the wall, and we're going to go in. And there's no strategy. There's no, you can do this. Just want to remind you, believe in yourself. Follow your heart. Come on. Come on, Joshua. You can do this. There's no locker room, encouragement speech. Worship. Recognize that there is holiness before you. Take off your sandals. This is sacred. And apart from strategy, apart from getting ready for battle, apart from all this is the need to recognize the presence of the holy. And so Joshua does. Takes off his sandals. We're we're immediately reminded of, of Moses standing before the burning bush, encountering the presence of God. There is, there is something in here that I think makes me think that this is more than an angel. I wouldn't um, argue too strenuously, but the very next chapter we hear where the Lord says, and this is one of those encounters that are often in the Old Testament where you're hearing angel of the Lord, messenger of God, God is saying, and you're not sure exactly, which kind of makes sense of encountering the divine. You really can't comprehend exactly, but there is a sense of God is present here. Because this is holy, and what makes a place holy is the presence of the Lord. And he calls him to recognize that presence. And Joshua did so. Chapter 6 is going to lead into the strategy. Chapter 6 is going to be telling us about the conquest of Jericho. But it is absolutely crucial that we recognize that that happens because the army of the Lord is fighting on Joshua's behalf that that happens because one with authority and power goes to fight for Joshua. And we understand that all of that is taking place because the one who is with him, the God who is fighting for him, um, is, is the one who is leading and doing and acting on his behalf. So uh, there's a, a few things just to pull out from this. What a great question. Are you for us or against us? And the commander says, no. Several years ago, in the height of um, our constant outrage culture, you might remember there was a situation in Zimbabwe where Cecil the lion was killed by a big game hunter, and there was outrage. Suddenly, lots of people who had never heard of Cecil were huge defenders of Cecil and were mourning and in tears and calling for the death of the man who had killed Cecil. I encountered a fairly interesting article from Zimbabwe of citizens of Zimbabwe saying, we don't know who this Cecil is, we've never heard of this, and why are Americans never concerned when lions kill us? Or our government kills us, you don't seem to have compassion for Zimbabwe, but you have a lot of compassion for this lion that we've never heard of. I made the mistake of posting that on Facebook. That that you know, place for nuanced reflection and conversation. And uh, I had had someone respond, um, Scott, you're on the wrong side. I didn't know there was a side. I I didn't know this was going to have a side. Caring about people 
suddenly has a side because everything is so politicized. Do you remember those days? To, to, to eat a Chick-fil-A sandwich was to take a statement. I guess it still is. I don't know. But, I mean, it, it was like everything is so polarized. And I was told there was a side to this tragedy. And it really was. Everything had to, you had to look at something and figure out, is this red or is this blue? Am I going to tag this with the R and D? Let me, I can't really state until I figure out what my side is going to say on this, and then let me get, because we as a nation are so politicized that, that everything has become co-opted by one side or the other and spun to be um, used to generate outrage or defend can't let the guard down. You, you, you can't cross over and work out some sort of solution and recognize maybe people. I mean, here's the thing. Because of our system, we're winner take all, right? If, if someone wins, we don't have like a percentage of votes going to a minority, and so you can have different parties. Everything has to be two parties. And we work out coalitions beforehand. So people have different views and different things that draw them to one party or the other. But because there's two parties, we can become polarized, not just divided, but polarized, right? So it's now that one side becomes the enemy, and we're, you know, the right ones, the correct ones. You have to be careful with right and left. But the, the correct ones, and the opposition is demonic, so that it also works well because on TV, rather than getting to the, the fact that maybe any policy has different things that need to be discussed and brought from different perspectives, we can just have a Republican and a Democrat scream at each other rather than realize maybe there's different views. And, and because of that, we also begin to look at each other that if someone is over here, that they're a greedy, deplorable, and if someone is over here, they're a bleeding heart social justice worker. And we kind of say like you're, everyone seems to be extreme where most people kind of are not there. Most people are kind of like, I can see good here, I can see bad there, I can, I, 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 I didn't, most people I talk to kind of feel like, you know, I had to, you vote not because you're enthusiastic, but you vote because it's, you're trying to make the best of the options you have, but we look at each other as though we're completely divided, that we have sides, and the church should not be there. The church should not be one who says, are you on our side or their side? But we should say, we want to be on the side of God. We want to be on the side of the Lord and the, the, the armies of the Lord. We want to be on his side. And to do that, what we have to do is recognize that in our, in our system, we have to kind of go with one or the other, and maybe we don't fully endorse either. We, we just recognize we make the best of where we are and that if we could be a people who are not as divided. Now, this doesn't mean we, we don't need to be political. We don't need to say this is an issue, that there is a right side and a wrong side, that, there's, that we don't get engaged. But it does say, above all of that is this book. And above all of this is not me picking a side and trying to co-op the Bible to be on my side, or me picking a side and me saying God is going to be on our side, but recognize God is at work, and we want to be on his side. Now, one of the things that means is, isn't it great when we as a church can have people who have very different political views 
singing Amazing Grace side by side. Doesn't that tell the world there is something so much more important than the thing that you have made ultimate, that what is really important is a God who loves us, and we want to be obedient to him. And so if we can be united and have difference of political views but realize these are subservient to the one who is not partisan but sovereign, that bears an incredible witness to the world. Moreover, if we can be a people who can be self-critical of whatever political persuasion we are, we can show that there really is an authority beyond either platform. That, that if we would say, okay, I vote this way or that way, but I recognize even within that group, there are things that are wrong and unbiblical, and we can criticize from the inside according to the Scripture. In other words, if you're following lockstep with one party or the other, it's a good sign you're taking your cue from the platform and not from Scripture because all political views should be, are going to find them out of step with the Bible at some point. I would encourage you, to take a look at your views and hold them to Scripture because it's very easy for me to look at another party's views and hold them to Scripture and show where they're wrong. But it's good for us to look at ourselves and say, you know, here are the things that our, my party stands for, but where, where maybe this doesn't line up with the Bible because either way, um, it's not completely in line with Scripture. We are to answer to the authority of Scripture, the authority of the Lord, and we do not want to co-op God to be on our side. We want to bend the knee and be on his side in all situations. So, um, did not mean for that to be 4th of July, but, you know, there you go. So, What happens here, though, as he is reminded... I'm not here to be enlisted on your mission. I'm on mission, and I'm bringing you in, Joshua. As he does this, one of the things is he sees the proper authority. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. He has to know who this is, and he recognizes his authority. He recognizes that he is the Lord's, that he is doing what God would have him to do, and because of that, He operates out of the proper authority of God. And so when Joshua does what he does, he does so being obedient ultimately to God. And he's going to do what God calls him to do, and this is what it means to to be obedient is to listen to him. But think of what an incredible burden is taken away by obedience to God himself. By rather than saying, I have to come up with this, I have to make the plan, I have to do all this, to find your place saying, this is what God says, and I'm going to submit to his authority, that means you're going to do what's right. And you're ultimately going to do what's God's will, and it's what is going to be fulfilled because God is the one at work doing this. So he he listens to God's authority through the commander of the Lord's army. But more than that, it's not just the authority But it's a reminder to Joshua of the power and the resources that are with him. It's a reminder to Joshua, Joshua, as you go in to attack Jericho, 
you're doing this not in your own strength. You're doing this because I'm giving this to you. I'm fighting for you. In other words, Joshua can, can be tempted to look at his um, tribe that has come through the wilderness, that is not experienced in war, that is poor and is just kind of coming together ready to fight. He can look at them and he can look at himself and say, you know, I don't know about this. But God doesn't want him to look at his own strength and his own resources, his own ability and his own power. God wants... Joshua to see God's power at work in his life. He wants him to see the commander of the Lord's army, which implies an army. It's not just this one guy with a sword. It's a whole heavenly host that is at work to overthrow Jericho to say, Joshua, I don't care about your weakness. I don't care your frailty. I don't care who is there. I'm with you, and I'm conquering this. And part of the, the taking off the sandals and recognizing is to see this is God. This is the creator of heaven and earth. This is the Holy One of Israel who is going to fight for them. And it's a reminder that as they go into battle, they do so with the courage of knowing that it's not they that do this, but God who does it for them. And Christian, isn't that a wonderful encouragement for us that we go in mission of doing what God calls us to do as we recognize his authority, as we align ourselves to God's mission, rather than trying to enlist him into our personal plan of achievement and success, we bend the knee to him, we take off our shoes, we recognize his presence at holy ground, and we recognize that what we do this week, he is doing using us, and that we're not doing it in our own strength and ability. The whole point of this encounter before the attack is to experience and to know the real presence of God in their life. And God still wants us to know that, that as week to week we go through our lives in obedience to his authority, seeking to do his will and to do what is right, we do so out of the strength and the knowledge of remembering the power and the resources at work with us. Do you believe... He is really present with us. Do you really believe that when he says, come to this table and eat, he is the host and he unites us with the real presence of Christ? That when his scripture is opened, it is our Lord himself who speaks to us to remind us of his love for us and what he's done for us and to strengthen us to go through another week of loving and serving his name. Do we believe that this place is filled with angels that join with us as we sing his praises? That Christ himself joins with us when we gather in his name? He is really here. Palm Sunday when Keelan was two or three years old. We gathered outside the church in Alabama and we had the palms. And Keelan was so excited we were telling the story of Jesus' entry, and she was waving, and she was so excited, and we got to church, and she was disappointed because she thought Jesus was going to be there in person, present with us. And so her, her, she was ready to throw the palm down for him to come in on the donkey. And I thought, what if we all expected to meet Jesus here? What if we really believed he was here? 
And we really expected him to meet us in his word and at the table. Wouldn't we have boldness to go do what he calls us to do? Wouldn't we give ourselves in obedience if we trusted his word to be true, that he is with us and he really is present? That, that, that we, we come and, and we remind ourselves of his good news, but do we go out trusting that God fights for us, that he is on a mission and he's enlisted us into this? A few things that would do is we would remember his authority, that all authority on heaven and earth has been given to him. And now he sends us out to make disciples of all nations that we are been, have been called to fill the world with the knowledge of God, that we're looking for the day when from the rising of the sun till the setting of the name of the Lord will be praised, that he has called us into mission. And that's not just something that's across the seas, that's something next door, that's something in our homes, that's something in our neighborhoods. But he's called us to share this love and this knowledge, and he really is present with us how much bolder we might be if we trusted the Spirit to be at work. How much bolder we would be if, if rather than we, we believe God calls us to do something, that we look at ourselves and we say, I don't know if we can do this. There's not as many. And do we have the strength? Do we have the abilities? Rather, we would look at God who has all power and authority, that we remember the commander of the Lord's army is with us, and he calls us to serve and to love in his name, And if he's the one doing it, it's not up to our strength and our ability and our wisdom. It's up to the one who calls us and who is at work to do these things. How would it change our prayers if we truly believed he is present with us and called us in to share the good news with others? So we recognize we can't do these things in our own. But he really is there to hear our prayers and to listen and to do what he has called us to do, that we would pray and ask him to guide us into mission, to guide us to where he would have us to be, to guide us in our lives and our daily decisions and trust that he really is with us, that he is working out his purposes through our lives. We go, even this week, to conquer a small Jericho, not through coercion, through sword, but through service and love and the truth of the gospel. And we Rather than be intimidated and rather than feeling weak, we look to the commander of the Lord's army and know that he really is going to conquer and use you to do so. Would you please stand and let us state what we believe through the words of the Nicene Creed.